Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 181 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin the Professor Anderson in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Justin, we are almost uh, two weeks into the MLB, or no, we're more than two weeks into the MLB season, are we? Yeah, we're two weeks in. Two weeks in, and tomorrow is when the opening day was for the Jays anyway. MLB opening day was two weeks ago today. But. That's right. I thought it was three weeks for some reason. It feels like um, it's been longer because the stress levels have already been high. I know, but I, God, I love baseball. God, I'm yeah, so happy uh, that we're doing two episodes a week now. Uh, how was your, the last three days? I already know the answer to this, uh, but how was your last three days? They were days. Yeah, they, time yeah. has passed. We are here. Events have transpired. Events have transpired. I have slept three times since the last time we talked. It has been wow. a nominal week. Yeah. Wait, you haven't slept? Okay, so four nights have passed. Has it been four yeah. nights? Okay, that I've slept four times. Yeah, I was going to say, what happened? Oh, yeah, because we recorded on Sunday. So, yeah, I, I have slept four times since the last time that we have There you go. Talked. I mean, yeah. we got to keep we gotta keep the fans... <laughs> There's my sleep schedule is normal i uh i go to bed early and i get up early yeah i uh yeah. eat three meals a day um i drink at least a gallon of water a day um, yeah healthy yeah i uh i, I take I, I weigh myself daily oh i would hate that i'm a little bit obsessive but i also i'm doing this challenge with some coworkers where I, i'm required to weigh myself daily and oh. I can tell you that since the start of April, I have worked out every day. Mm-hmm. I have eaten healthy. I have not eaten out. Okay. In the last three weeks, this is now three weeks into this thing, and mm-hmm. I have lost four pounds. God damn, man! But at the same time, my body fat percentage, because I have a scale that measures that with like these little electro pulses, my body fat percentage has dropped a full percentage point. Holy shit. And my muscle mass has increased. So I'm losing the the bad weight and gaining the good weight. Yeah, that's the good shit right there. So that's what I've been up to. I don't know. You asked. You didn't ask for the information, but I volunteered it anyway. That's all right. Nope, that's cool. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, I don't work out as hard as you do. And and I've been dealing with an off and on uh, strained muscle. Uh, Makes it hard to lift (laughs) when... When your neck hurts. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I think I haven't weighed myself recently, but I'm definitely down at least 11 pounds since January 1st. Hell yeah, brother. The COVID weight is off. I was trying to get into softball shape, but a significant uh, step backwards with the strained muscle. Can't throw. Can't, I don't know. I can't lift. I can't do anything to gain, you know, muscle muscle mass right i have, a, um, I have that same problem the walking uh, the walking's been good the cardio's been good um but again it was kind of dog shit at the start uh i i have been eating whatever i want uh but not so much where it's like i'm eating mickey d's like twice a week it's like i might eat out once a week mostly making meals at home but uh easter weekend was a mess <laughs> uh, it was a it was a disaster i ate i probably ate four pounds worth of cheese <laughs> probably cheese between pizza and then i uh oh. grilled cheese sandwich and uh 
like we cut up cheese and put it on like a tray. I just man, we talked about cheese years ago when we first started this podcast. We talked a lot about cheese. That's and that's we're gonna right. talk- I think we had an episode with cheese in the title that was like one of our most listened to for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was because I had a top five cheese list. That's right, you did. That list has changed, and I promise we are gonna do a food episode soon. <laughs> no, I don't make that promise. I am promising. Stop, stop it. making promises. We we, we never no, keep them. I am promising it. We will. We, I oh will re, revisit the cheese. Uh, uh, here's the promise I'll make. I will go back to the cheese tier list, <laughs> and we will discuss cheeses. But we're not doing it today. We don't have time. Um, I will just we say I had I had a Havarti cheese for the first time in a long time the other day. Oh fuck! It's Insanely so good. good cheese insanely and very underrated cheese i yeah. would not put it in my top five but it's oh, it's, it's, it's in mine now the way after the one a, i had oh boy it's a banger of a cheese let me tell you uh and if you don't like feta you need to wake up because feta is an f-tier cheese oh i'll uh i'm gonna turn off the recording now and walk away because i do not like feta. You don't like feta? Feta on a cheese pizza, my oh, friend. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I, don't, I don't like Christ. cheese pizza. It needs to have something more of substance, substantial on it. Like meat? Like, like anything. Uh, Mushrooms, meat, oh, green peppers. That's some good shit. Okay. Let's, all right. Yeah. Let, we're going to end up talking way too much about food. Let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's move past that. Let's talk about – there's one more thing before we get into the actual meat and potatoes. They revealed the, the the in uh, in the dome like treat that fans are gonna get on May the fourth, which uh, if I don't know if you all know this, uh, it's Star Wars Day in the world, which doesn't really mean anything. It's just an easy way for the mouse to you know slap a brand on a day and not have <laughs> to pay anything for it. Whatever. <laughs> May the 4th, uh, Star Wars Day bag is going to be available at the Dome um, or at Rogers or whatever. I don't Shout out to the Dome. Everyone who still calls it the Dome, shout out to you. The Star Wars Day bag is S-tier. I, it's amazing. When you saw that, what was your first thought? Want. I wanted it. Yeah. I would have killed for it. Still will, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's two weeks. There's if you two need some, but if you need something, just just tell me, and I I will do it. We'll say we'll say this. We're <laughs> we're both very thirsty for that Star Wars bag. If yeah. you're a fan of the show and you listen, and you're gonna be there at the dome, and you and you don't like Star, Star Wars. Wars bag, <laughs> there is no fee that we are not willing to pay. I don't know to if that's true. Get our hands on that bag. Yeah, that's probably not true. I would say. I tell you what. Hit us up. Hit us get, up. If you want. I'll say like two minutes of uninterrupted Jay's rant on a live show with us. We'll let you just talk for two minutes on our podcast and we won't say anything and you can say whatever you want, whether you're just come rip us a new one, but you have to give us a blue Jays star Wars bag in order to do that. So. Yeah. And the bag has to be in our possession before you come up. True. Yes. I, I am. Possession. I do need the goods delivered. I need goods in hand. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll this isn't pay some for... sort of good faith discussion. This has to be like, I need it. Yeah, I will pay. I'm happy to pay for shipping. Uh, <laughs> we want this bag. Anyway, let's just, all right, let's get into it. There's tons to talk about. We're gonna Where can the people about... find us, Patrick? Oh, uh, good point. Uh, at BFMD Podcast <laughs> on Twitter. 
Anchor, our DMs are open. Tell us that DMs you'll give us a Star open. Wars bag. <laughs> uh, we're on Anchor, Apple, Spotify. Jesus. <laughs> Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. BFMVPodcast.com is the website. Hit us up with a question. We love it. We love interacting with people who listen to the show. And even people, if, if, if you have nothing nice to say, tweet us. Why not? Yeah. At the very least, we'll get a kick out of it. It's been a great week, though, interacting with a lot of uh, really cool fans uh, in the in the Blue Jays Twitter sphere. Give us a follow. Give us a listen, whatever. You probably already do. Thanks for taking time to listen to the show. Let's talk about some cool shit uh, that we read about uh, in the last four days. Indeed. So the big news around baseball right now is Miguel Cabrera. He had three hits yesterday and is now one hit shy of 3000 for his career. Um, one of our personal idols, Joey Votto, who is, who's back active on Twitter and on social media in general at Joey Votto. He tweets out at Miguel Cabrera. I used to low key creep your at bats in my hotel room every single night after our games. I knew I had to study the best to beat the best. Good luck with your final steps to 3,000. You are a joy to watch. Man, Joey Votto's just the best. He still bangs. But, uh, so Patrick, today, Miguel Cabrera had a chance to get 3,000. He was, I believe, over three going into the ninth inning. And, uh... The Yankees intentionally walked him, <laughs> which is super fucking funny, if you ask me. It um, is funny. It's also very soft. Yeah. So this is, I guess this was the eighth inning when they did that because Detroit was the home team. But yeah, they intentionally walked Mickey. The Yankees ended up losing three to nothing. So um, jokes on them, I guess. But yeah, they intentionally walked Mickey and didn't give him a chance to get that fourth AB in today. Um. Yeah, which is which is okay because the Tigers are still at home. They begin a series with with Colorado tomorrow. I was hoping that Miguel would get three thousand in Detroit, and he still has a chance. Oh, yeah, He's got yeah, a few yeah. more games to do that. It would have been really scummy if they were going on the road for like ten days straight, and the Yankees had done that. Very but soft. Yeah. It was enjoy it, your L today, by the way, Yankee. Yeah, Yankee fans. Congratulations. Enjoy the You're taste of that L. Um, enjoy it. But yeah, Miggy Cabrera, my friend, first ballot Hall of Famer, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, is he the best pure hitter of his generation? Of like, because he was like in his in his prime about ten years ago at this point now. But same with Pujols. Yeah. Yeah. So those those two have to be like number one and two in terms of like the two thousand to two thousand ten hitting list, right? Like number one and two. Do you think? Mm. I mean, you could put a Rod in there probably too. Unfortunately, but mm, you could. I'm not. We're not going. I to. would say. I would say. You honestly, you could come up to me and, and justify either one of them, one and two. Yeah. Uh, if you, and I, I'd be fine with it. Um, mm. I think Joey Votto was the best hitter of the 2010s. Um. The 20, but, yeah. Of the 2010 to, to 2020, because it wasn't until 2020. I would say Mike Trout. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Um, I'm just looking at Fangraph's leaderboards. I'm gonna split it for 2000, 2010, and I guess eight, I guess Ichiro, Barry Bonds were still in there. Mm, yeah. Um, 
end of the road for bonds in terms of yeah in terms of war the list goes a rod pool host bonds ichiro chipper jones in the top five i forgot about chip because chipper man chip i know i'm about to say something that's going to piss off (laughs) because mickey mickey mantle has the most home runs of any switch hitter but i think chipper might be the best switch hitter of all time maybe okay 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 I could, I could, I could, I could argue. I could, I could, if I had time to prep for that, I could yeah. do justify it. He yeah. didn't hit 500 home runs, but it was pretty damn close. And besides mm-hmm. that, defensive, uh, defensive war and all that, I think he, I still think he's a better player than Mickey Mantle. Right. But, and I and think his average was higher than Mickey Mantle's. I adjusted my filter from 05 to 2015, and that gave me the results I wanted. Miguel Cabrera, number one overall, 157 WRC plus, 62.4 oh war. Albert Pujols, number two, 151 WRC plus, 59.5 war. So I should have said from 2005 to 2015, that would have been a better 10-year window. But that just proves my point that I was right, so... Exactly. There was well, a yeah, ten-year period in baseball where those two were the best hitters. <laughs> either way, they are going to roll out the red carpet for both of these oh, players yeah. the minute they step off the field for the final time. They're going to roll the red carpet all the way uh, to the Hall of Fame. Will it's those guys a- get a hundred percent? Will they be unanimous? Mm, if no. they if who, they are, who hosts? Come on, who hosts will be? Who hosts will be? I I would. They both have to be, in my opinion. I, I don't think see Cabrera, how it can't be. I think Miguel Cabrera is... See, I don't want to say that either because Pujols had some pretty elite years. <laughs> Fuck. I know yeah. Miguel can hit for average better than Pujols. Um, and Pujols had a kind of a rough last seven or eight seasons, but... Yeah. Man, at their peak? Yeah. All right. Let's move on from this because this... <laughs> It's so hard. We could, we it could have a whole episode. Um, I know you want to talk about the uh, the New York Mets and what they've made. They made a couple. They made a, a big change at the at their stadium. Yep. This is very cool. Uh, so I'm just gonna read straight off of a tweet. It came from Met Metsmerized Online at M E T S M E R I Z E D. I don't know why I spelled it out. Whatever. Uh, the Mets made this announcement uh, in addition to, uh, or the following addition to City Field. <clears throat> uh, a new dugout has arrived at City Field, a sensory nook. This one designed to help those with autism, ADHD, and dyslexia uh, escape from the overstimulation that can occur at major sporting events. While everyone enjoys the crack of the bat and the excitement of a game at City Field, it can be overwhelming for some guests. I think that's probably true for everybody, but definitely for neurodivergence. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just my own commentary. Uh, the quote continues, the sensory nook was installed Monday uh, in the concourse of the stadium. The sensory nook is an amenity of City Field that is uh, a free to use by any guest who needs a break from the excitement of the action on the diamond. We take a lot of pride in offering a safe place for all of our fans at City Field, said Mets President Sandy Alderson. Uh, we are thrilled to include this service uh, and that sensory nook will provide an opportunity for those who wish to use it. So it's for neurodivergent guests primarily. However, at the same time, it's open to anybody if they want yep. to use it. Um, I think that this is terrific. This is great. Um, yeah. The neurodivergent population has always been sort of on the peripherals of sporting events because 
uh, it can be hard. Uh, sporting events are, are, they are overwhelming uh, at times. The tension can, can uh, get pretty, pretty high in, in some of these stadiums, especially in a close game. We saw it today uh, when the Jays and the Red Sox played an afternoon game. The tension really went through the roof in the ninth inning. Uh, and that's hard for neurodivergent people. And I'm speaking very generally uh, about that. Um, that being said, I have uh, people who I care very much uh, for who are neurodivergent, who have, uh, whether it's uh, ADHD or, or similar, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, uh, similar things. This, I think, is a good step forward. Baseball was always meant to be for everybody. It always yeah. has been. And this is just another positive step forward. Uh, to help folks who, uh, you know, uh, have ADHD and autism be able to experience the game in some level of comfort, which they, along with everyone else, deserve to do. So, shout out to the Mets. I yeah. know we love to dunk on the it's Mets. A, for... It's a rare W for the Mets. Yeah, uh, well, they got 10 of them so far this year, which leads the majors, which is very impressive. Don't worry, they'll find a way. Yeah, they lead the league or they lead the majors in runs and hits so far. So they're getting a lot of hitting from uh, their their uh, you know their batters, which is nice. Francisco because, Lindor is back apparently this year. Yeah, no, that's good to see. Um, but yeah, shout out to the Mets. That was really cool. I just wanted to share that because it's just really it's a really important thing for me personally, and I was just really excited to read about that. I don't know if other teams have done it, but the Mets. It was just something that really popped up in the news the last couple of days um yeah. let's talk oh, let's talk charlie <laughs> well before we talk about charlie let's just stay in the state and just let's just head head from uh queens to the bronx and talk about the yankees the sure. john Heyman tweet yeah yeah so at john Heyman tweeted out uh yesterday i guess on the 20th 420 blaze um the, the couple of yankees who remained unvaccinated into last week have told the team that they are now vaccinated which is why manager Aaron Boone was able to say he's confident that all of his players will be eligible to play in Toronto. Of course, the Yankees will visit Rogers Center in a few weeks, so we know that the entire Yankee roster will be able to travel across the border, which is good for humankind, but uh, almost a little bit too bad because I was hoping to be able to dunk on the Yankees for being losers, but yeah <laughs> we can we still do that and i'm okay with a fair fight uh what i'll yes. say about this is that uh, good on whatever players it was i'm not going to speculate yeah. guess who it was. because we don't know 100 percent. i will say i what i will say is this good on the players who previously uh made it a point to not get vaccinated mm -hmm. and then they showed great judgment of character by going out and getting vaccinated. Yes. Um, good judgment. Yeah. That's all I'll say. All right. Let's talk about Charlie now. Charlie uh, had a great quote. So this was from the 19th. It was in Boston. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about one Boston player we know for sure who won't be coming to Toronto next week. But uh, Blue Jays, this is from Rob Longley of uh, Toronto Sun, by the way. Uh, Blue Jays manager Charlie Montoyo on COVID-19 restrictions for ball players traveling to Canada. Quote, rules are rules, and that's why we couldn't play in Toronto for two years. And from experience, nobody gives a shit. Nobody cared about us when we were in Dunedin. End quote. So basically, Charlie telling them to keep crying, because nobody cares. 
Yeah. Love that. True. I love Nobody when Charlie gave a shit about... gets angry, right? It's just Yeah. Oh, I love angry Charlie. It's the best Charlie. Salty Nobody Charlie. gave a flying fuck that we played uh in Dunedin a and, season in and a half away from our home stadium. And we only yeah. got to play like a tiny, tiny portion of them. And guess what? We still made the fucking playoffs in 2020, and we barely missed them One uh, game. for 2021. So I, I hope other teams are ready to travel to Canada. Uh, better backs up. Better be ready to come up, come on up, because they're going to be playing in front of gigantic, ravenous crowds. And yep. it's going to be tough. If you thought playing them in Buffalo was tough, you're going to hate Toronto. <laughs> No kidding. No kidding. Um, yeah, let's let's talk Boston now. The Jays just wrapped up a series there against the Red Sox about an hour ago. The Jays yep. were able to take two out of three against the uh, division rival Red Sox in a series that only saw 15 total runs get scored across three games, Patrick. That's not what I would have predicted. Usually you can count on at least a one or two high-scoring games when you go to Fenway, but that was not the case here. Uh, I think it comes down to very good pitching from both sides. Yeah. Um, very, uh, very interesting and very good moves on the parts of managers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I think ultimately really good defense was a big factor in at least two of these games. Two to three games for sure. Yeah. Um, the one game that didn't feature great defense was game number one. <laughs> the Red oh Sox did win that one two to one. The Jays somehow, some way, somewhere got uh, five innings of one run ball from Yusei Kikuchi. Uh, every inning was an adventure. He walked the first couple batters of the game. Um, then he stopped throwing his cutter and threw more fastballs and was able to actually get outs, which was what everyone has been screaming for him to do. Stop throwing the cutter. Stop throwing the cutter. Uh, Stop throwing the cutter. Yeah, so he gave up three hits and three walks over over five innings. Struck out three. Just gave up the one run, mm-hmm. and it was it was a tie game until the seventh inning. And Boston ended up scoring an unearned run off of him of, of Jimmy Garcia on a play that Bo Bichette makes ninety five times out of a hundred probably. Oh, I think it would be more than that. It would probably than that. be 99 out of 100. Yeah, this and, was the one. Yeah, Bo had two errors in the game, uh, both on throws. Both on plays where he was going into the hole towards third base. One, I believe, he airmailed, and one, the one he short-hopped Vladdy, and it was just almost an impossible play for Vladdy to make. Yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when the Stop. ball bounces like two feet away from your glove and then kicks straight up over you? Like It's, it's a tough play. You just don't know how that bounce is going to react. But, uh, yeah, that, that unearned run ended up giving Boston a 2-1 to one lead, and that's how the game ended. The Jays out-hit Boston 8-3, to three, Patrick Marsh. Yeah. Um, Scattered hits. But, uh, yeah, they were 0-5 for 5 with runners in scoring position. They held Boston to 1-11, for 11, so neither team hit well that game. Obviously, Boston only had the three hits off Kikuchi. Phelps, Garcia, and Richards did not give up a base runner over their, over their relief innings, except yeah. for the errors. Um, but yeah, they were able to get Nathan Nivaldi out of the game after four and two thirds. They got seven hits off of him. He did strike out six Blue Jays, um, but they got his pitch count up, which was good um, because they got them into Boston's bullpen, which they used their best relievers. <laughs> it showed why they're their best because they didn't give up much. They gave up one hit to the Jays over the last 
three in the third. So both bullpens were yeah. great. It was just defensive miscues from Bo that ended up uh, costing the Jays that game. Very shrewd pitching from Boston. It was re- it was actually really impressive. I know we're supposed to hate the Red Sox, et cetera, but um, even though Avaldi gave up seven hits, he still he just made it so hard on yeah. uh, the Jays hitters. Bo was 0 for 4. Gurriel was 0 for 4. Uh, Tapia was 0 for 4. Espinal was 0 for 4. It was just a rough – it was a pitcher's duel was what yep. it came down to. And even though – it featured many pitchers. Uh, it was still a duel nonetheless. Uh, it was very impressive, though. The Jays were able to hold uh, Devers, Bogarts, and Martinez to zero hits yeah. uh, in just one walk. Uh, they only struck them out collectively once, but uh, to keep them off the, ba- the base paths like that, uh, really good sign, especially mm-hmm. Xander Bogarts, who's one of the best shortstops of the last And a Blue Jays killer. Years. And a Jays, uh, just a murderer, uh, 0 for 4. you love to see that. Um, yeah. Shout out to Kirk. Kirk went 2 for 4. Zach Collins with the homer. That was yep. impressive, I have to say. I was really impressed with uh, with his day. He, he was he was quite good. And uh, Guerrero, of course, 2 for 3 with a walk. Uh, good shit. Uh, we are just on the losing end of a, a very... Tight, tight but entertaining game yeah on uh on wednesday on the 20th 420 the jays got their revenge <laughs> uh jose barrios had his best start of the season he did get give up eight hits patrick marsh but he only walked one batter and he struck out six he gave yep. the jays a quality start which before the game you messaged me and you said what do you need from Brios today i said six innings would be ideal a quality start quality would be start. great and that's what he gave the Jays was six innings of one run ball. Um, he was able to locate his pitches, which was great. He did not have a single one, two, three inning. There was always a runner on base, but he was able to get uh, um, a lot of ground ball outs. Uh, looking at the stats here, he had four ground outs to three fly outs. So didn't give up much hard contact after the first inning, which was nice to see. No. Um, of course, that one run did come in the bottom of the first. He gave three straight hits to start the game, but then yeah. he settled down. It was scary at first, and uh, there yeah. were more hits to come in the following innings, but <laughs> it didn't matter. He was able to get out of jams repeatedly. Repeatedly, yeah. And then, and then uh, the bullpen shut, shut them down. Yeah, Tim Mays uh, ended up giving a couple of hits, uh, but Garrett, or, uh, Garrett Richards, <laughs> Trevor Richards was able to come in. Yep. and get and pitch four outs for the team and then Julian, Julian Merriweather actually had a nice ninth inning as well too which was good to see for him needed a rebound uh, outing uh, offensively uh, Raymel Tapia got things started in the five run Love second it. inning at the two run shot it was yep. hit 417 feet down the right field line so it wasn't a wall scraper it was, it was 106 lot. feet in the air that's how much uh, yeah it was, a, it, was it was a moonshot yeah it was a moonshot but he hit it far um Everybody that started had a hit except for uh, Vladdy and uh, Espinal, but Vladdy also had three walks in the game, which is nice to <laughs> yeah. see. He did strike out twice, but uh, they were on good pitches. Yep. Um, everybody else had a hit, contributed. George Springer ended up taking a fastball off the right forearm. X-rays yeah. came back negative. He did pinch hit and then play in today's game, so obviously not a serious issue, but it was good to see him 
not be hurt because the Jays can't really afford to have any more outfielders go down right now with Teoscar still on the mend. Um, Kevin Biggio has a batting average now. He got his first hit. It was a little blooper out to the field, but it counts. Good enough. Uh, hopefully they can get him into the games some more and have him get some more consistent playing time. But uh, Can we talk about the real difference maker in this game? We sure can, Patrick. What was it? Okay, well, I mean, obviously it was the fact that we scored more runs, but uh, the Red <sighs> Sox went one for 14 with runners in scoring position. So, yeah. again, just circling back repeatedly, we saw Barrios and company get into jams and then get out of jams. Not easy. Uh, again, Xander Bogarts, he went two for four today, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he had two strikeouts and he left two batters on collectively in those four plate appearances. Uh, and then they also, uh, Raphael Devers was only one for five. Uh, J, uh, JD Martinez was two for two and had the lone run batted in, but it was still, and then he got, he uh, ended up with a for, groin injury. Yeah. Yeah. It was Bronson Arroyo did the, uh, the pinch running and then <clears> came in the yeah. rest of the game as DH. He went one for three. So again, the meat of the order, that was the dangerous part. They were able to keep it at bay. The bottom half of the Red Sox uh, lineup. So Verdugo, 1 for 4. Story, 0 for 3. Dahlbeck, 0 for 3. Jackie Bradley Jr., very underrated player on this team, 2 for 4. And then Wong was uh, 1 for 4. They just weren't getting there. There was nothing. It was pretty quiet in the back half there. Four hits and like 20-something at bats. For sure, yeah. Not a lot to write home about. The Jays did a good job of playing defense in this game. Didn't turn any, they didn't turn any double plays, but uh, they were able to strand some runners with some good pitching, which is nice to see and level the series at a game apiece. And Perfect then we got again, to today. two for three. Yeah, and, and then we got for uh, to today's game, Patrick Marsh, and it was pretty chill until the ninth inning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Jays were able to get a couple of runs off of uh, Boston starter Tanner Houck in the third inning. Uh, and then they add another one in the sixth. It was three nothing going to the ninth. Kevin Gosman pitched an absolute gem. He threw eight innings. It only took him. He threw eighty eight pitches in the game. Patrick, seventy pitches were strikes. Only eighteen balls in the game. He was just getting a lot Dumb of whiffs, man. which I'll talk about in a second here. But he gave up seven hits. Didn't walk a batter. Struck out eight. Ended up getting charged with one earned run. They did. He did come out to start the ninth. Gave up a leadoff single to Trevor Story, and then Charlie went to Romano to get the save. Uh, Romano had a bit of an adventure, I guess. He walked uh, Devers, then gave up a single to Bogarts, but was able to get uh, some good defense from Matt Chapman and Vladdy Guerrero on the next two batters to uh, retire the side and, and get out of it. Um, I guess, no, sorry, Jackie Riley Jr. was the last batter. But, yeah, he was able to make some good pitches and get some help from his defense to pick up his uh, league-leading seventh save of the year. He's been pretty clutch. This was the first run he'd given up all season. Um, It was good to see see three hits from Chapman and then a couple of hits from Bowen and and Tapia each. Hopefully this is the beginning of a breakout for Bo Bichette. His average was down below 200 at one point. Yeah. It's now at 224 again. Obviously, it's still early, so a couple of hits is going to get him close to 250. Um, but yeah, it's level off it was good to see. It was good to see Bo get a couple of singles. He could use some extra base hits. 
Um, Vladdy hit a, Vladdy hit three balls really hard, but only ended up getting one one double to show for it. Uh, he went one for three today. And then uh, the hero of the series who have been really good so far, Zach Collins was 0 for 4 in this one, but I'm still pleased with what he's been able to contribute so far. But yeah, really the story in this one was Gosman um, and the defense at the end of the game, for sure. And the Jays Are you ready for five. me to barf a stat at you? Barf some stat on me. You're going to love this. So Kevin Gosman's third pitch is his slider. Yep. Obviously he has the four-seam fastball, which is excellent because it has lots of movement. You probably saw the graphs and charts that they were uh, chucking on the screen yeah, all day. Which were great, by the way. I love their use. They were those. great. They showed the difference between the fastball and the splitter and just yeah. why it's, it's so frustrating for, for batters. Yeah. Um, but it was the slider. Uh, his third pitch, uh, 54% of the swings were, were whips today. Yeah. 54%, which was the highest among all of his uh, pitches. Um, so he, he, the fact that he had everything going, he only threw a handful of changeups. He was just mostly alternating between, uh, the four seam and then a mix of like the splitter and the slider. And it was just utterly dominant. And it's hard when you're, you're up at bat and you're expecting uh, like a 96 mile an hour fastball that has lots of movement, which Kevin mm-hmm. Gossman does. Yep. And you've got an instead you get an 86 mile an hour splitter or an 85 mile an hour slider. You're it's just it's pretty much unhittable. Those were the, his maxes, by the way. The averages were a little bit lower uh, than that, but uh, really just impressive performance. Getting the strikeouts, uh, getting the whiffs in key moments. Um, I felt like he was in control from the start to finish. Yeah, I mean. He had a thirty-three percent whiff whiff rate on everything today, and all said and done, so that's wild. One third of the swings were were misses. That's really that's really strong. That's a strong performance. If we Very continue strong. to get performances like that from Gossman, uh, we're rolling. And I will say too, even though uh, he didn't pitch as deep into the game, Tanner uh, how still looked okay. Like he still looked good. Like yeah, I'm glad we're not facing him next week. Um. Because he's good, um, and his pen, the pen was okay for them. Um, but I want to talk about one thing I noticed in this game, uh, and that is our leadoff hitter today was not George Springer. Obviously, it was uh, Ramiel, uh, or Tapia. Ramiel, Ramiel uh, Tapia. I apologize. Yeah. Um, it was his approach at the plate. His first at bat, it was eight pitches deep. So before they had even recorded uh, an out, uh, Tanner Houck was already seven pitches in, and then he got the strikeout on Tapia, who did swing at a pitch outside the zone to get, uh, you know, to get the K. But he was very clearly looking for a certain pitch today from Houck, and he got it in his second at bat. And when he got it, he plunked the ball up the middle, and that was the the first run of the game. Yep. Uh, I believe it was Bo that drove him in. Maybe, yeah. I was I was Bo working, were... so I wasn't really watching. Yeah, I wasn't. Fully. I was working too. I wasn't really paying that much attention. I do. I, I remember specifically Here, wanting to watch Ramiel's. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was Bo Bichette I, that drove the. Run. It was okay. Yeah. I wanted to see what was going on at the plate for him, and he's he was today 
Uh, it was a lot of patience from him, and he had other opportunities in the game where he also could have taken a walk. Yep. Do you know who uh, scored that first run, Patrick Marsh? Was it game? not Tapia? It was not. It was Ghost Kato. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. forget now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Tapia moved um, him over to second, though. Um, and, right. And, yeah, and he Kato... swung. He had, yeah. He, yeah. So... He swung at something high in the zone, and he he tried to go the other way, but it went right to the third baseman. Yeah. But uh, shout-outs to Kato, too. It was his first big league start, and he got a walk. He was over uh, 1 with a walk and a run scored in his major league debut. So, Yeah, it was impressive. The play, the play presence that he had was very impressive for a guy who's waited a long, long time to get an at-bat yeah, it was in, in the show. 764, I think, minor league games that he played in before getting his first big league start. He did pinch around one game in Toronto. Uh, yeah. opening weekend but uh didn't see a start didn't get in that bat so it was no nice to this see was, this was cool he got the walk uh he was replaced by santiago espinal midway through the game espinal went over two really impressed matt the other thing i noticed today and this is something everybody probably noticed uh matt chapman at third base changes the complexion of that infield so much yep that they're able to pull off these double plays with so much bravado that it's just it's it's a different team defensively than it was last year where we were it was all about hit home runs score lots of runs uh and and put all the pressure on the pitcher so far this year chapman and company have been able to get their pitchers out of jams now today there weren't really a lot of those opportunities but where there was in the bottom of the ninth when Romano was pitching to try to get the save, Chapman was there and he made a clutch play to keep the runner from scoring from third and getting the ball over to Guerrero in time to get the out. There were there was another double play where he was the guy throwing to first and he made a very clutch play mm-hmm. uh, to make that happen over at second base. Um the, the defensive complexion of this team is really impressive. Uh, yeah. There are still adventures. For but... sure. And it's it's worth noting too, Patrick, that Matt Chapman also had five hits in this series and brought his average up from 226 to 273. Yeah, uh, I um... think he's capable of hitting uh, a much higher than the 240 that we gave him. Pre- well, I think I said 245. Uh, and I think you said 250. I think yeah, he's I mean, his, of matching your 250. his career average is 243 as of before today's game. Um, yeah. So it'd be like 244 now, probably. But uh, yeah, if he can give us anything around there, like he hasn't hit above 230 since 2020. So um, yeah. it'd be nice to see him get even up to that 230 level because he's going to take his walks. He had 85 walks last year, so you know he's going to get on base or 80 walks last year, excuse me, but uh, he's already drawn five this year. So, I mean, he's going to take his walks. He's going to get on base for you. Yeah, he's going to strike out, but he's also got that power in his bat too, and then the defense he's going to play is going to win, help you help you win a bunch of games. Yeah, the top of the lineup certainly performed better than expected today. Yeah, that uh, lineup today was a little bit questionable. <laughs> it was a little – it was kind of scary, to be honest with you, sus. because – Kavon Biggio is obviously struggling a little bit at the plate. So is Espinal uh, now, too. So is Santiago Espinal. Uh, so is Bradley Zimmer. Yep. Zimmer doesn't have a hit yet. No, he does not. But uh, uh, Ramiel Ta- uh, Tapia at the start, uh, it was okay. He went two for five. The experiment worked. 
I don't know that you can slot him there habitually. Yeah, and I obviously we're his, looking uh, forward to getting Teoscar back next. That was Tapia's second game leading off too, because he let off another game that Springer rested in uh, the Oakland series, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. So yeah, uh, but it's definitely it's a fill in. If if Cabin gets going, then I think you'll probably see him in that leadoff spot over Tapia. But but it has it has worked. I mean, Tapia's a career two seventy hitter, so uh, it's not like he can't hit get on base for you. He's not going to take a lot of walks. But if if you got a guy hitting two seventy in your leadoff spot, you'll you'll take that because he's going to get on base a couple times a game, hopefully. He's fast. Yeah, he's got that speed. He's got wheels, and the other thing too. I mean, he's 28, so he's just in line with the rest of the team as far as age goes. For sure. I'm curious. Keep keep around. He's a lanky guy at bat. He kind of he has this weird stance that makes him look like his strike zone is like a mile high. It's really, <laughs> it's it kind of makes me nervous. But he he was able to. He took his pitches today. He he did what he needed to do as a leadoff hitter. Yep. And uh, was really impressive. For uh, sure. The strikeouts are not ideal he has 10 k's and 28 at bats in his last seven games um but he's also hitting 250 so we're getting a little bit of what we need from him and uh i think that the you know i'm not worried about his ops i'll put it that way he's, yeah. he's been a great fill-in guy he's definitely outperformed uh bradley zimmer at this point who's oh, really sure. struggling at the plate uh, Zim is 0 for 13, doesn't have a walk, has five strikeouts. Uh, feels like every game he has five strikeouts. Yeah, I don't know it's... what's going to happen, but he, he's he's losing the competition between him and Tapia. He's got to be at the bottom of the totem pole when, when Teoscar comes off the IL next week. If he comes off, hopefully. so. Yeah, you got to think that it's going to be Zimmer who gets designated for, or well, I it is would it designated be designated for assignment yeah yeah that's gonna that sucks um somebody will claim them but uh that's yeah. all right um the jays have other options too but uh we did learn in this series patrick but that tenor hauk will not be coming to toronto next week he is unvaccinated oh. he he conferred that himself that's so that is that is one red sock who won't be coming and and uh alex cora their manager did say that there are others as well too yep. so We'll see who hits that restricted list in in like five days when they have to Too come. Too fucking bad. Who cares? Four um, days, whatever it is. Sunday night. Sunday night. We'll see who gets placed on that restricted list. The blood will be in the water anyway, and we're gonna kick the crap out of them. Hopefully, uh, but Tanner Hook was due to pitch again on uh, Tuesday next week against the Blue Jays, he so he they'll have to find a fill in for that start. That's gonna be tough. Yeah, I don't know who they get to fill in that spot, but probably be either know. a bullpen day or a minor leaguer going to be tough whoever it is it's going to be really tough on them um, oh, yeah, or sure. they might have an interesting uh, psychological advantage who knows the unknown but uh the jays are on their way to houston now patrick marsh mm-hmm. uh, they're sitting at eight and five they're going to play the astros who are currently sitting at uh, six and six and they are off today so they will not that will not change um the first game of the series is <laughs> ross stripling for your blue jays who's taking over hunjin ryu's spot while he's on the il against uh, a guy who could win a comeback player of the year in the American League this year, Justin Verlander. Oh, Jesus. He's cur- Justin Verlander has pitched two starts so far, has a 0-6-9 ERA, nice, and 15 strikeouts. <laughs> oh, so no. safe to say he he's back. Yeah, that's scary. Um, tough matchup for Strips. 
But the Astros are also without Jose Altuve for this series, at least this series. He's He was placed in the 10-day IL with a hamstring yeah. injury. So that's a big blow. It'll be George Springer's return to Houston. Because um, he was he was hurt when the Jays played there last year, so he didn't get to play. I so, would imagine he would get cheers and not boo. Yeah, he'll get cheers for sure. He's, he's beloved there. Helps a crucial part of their uh, asterisked World Series. All right. But, uh, yeah, that's game one. Should be fun. That's tomorrow, Friday the 22nd, uh, 8.10 p.m. Eastern Time. They're in Texas. So a little bit later start time for you East folks. Oh, it's late good. for you. It's a 9 o'clock start time for uh, for Patrick. Oh, yeah. I'll be up until 1 a.m. watching this. <laughs> Hopefully not 1 a.m. Hopefully just midnight. Um, on Saturday, it's a, a late afternoon game, a 4.10 Eastern start. And that's going to be Alec Manoa, who's 2-0 and so far. Against Jose Urquidy for the Astros, who is one and one, hasn't had a hasn't had a great start to his season. He's got a seven ERA, but he got roughed up at one of his starts. Manoa, on the other hand, has thirteen strikeouts through his first two starts and a one point five ERA. That should be a good game in the afternoon. And then on Sunday, a pitching matchup that I'm looking forward to is uh, Yusei Kikuchi taking on Luis Garcia at two ten Eastern Time, another afternoon game. Um, Garcia and Manoa were both uh, AL rookies last year. Garcia got a few more votes in the AL Rookie of the Year race than Manoa did because of the fact that he pitched the full season for Houston. Yep. He's off to a good start this year. He's got a 2.79 ERA so far. He'll be up against Kikuchi, like I mentioned, who rebounded in Boston and is now sitting at 0-1 with a 3.24 ERA. Kikuchi's going to have to keep the ball down because the Astros do have a lot of power hitters. And those Crawford boxes at Minute Maid Park in left field, they're super inviting for 800 power hitters. So I'm sure we'll see some home runs in this series, probably a lot of them. I see it being a little bit more high scoring than the uh, Red Sox series, but I've been around before. Uh, how do you like the Jays' chances in these three games, Patrick? There's some intriguing matchups here. There are. This is going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Um, I haven't looked at the Astros' lineup, so I don't know how they fare against left-handed pitchers. It yeah. could be an advantage for Yusei Kikuchi. That being said, Luis Garcia is really good. Uh, I think the X factor is going to be this the pitching in the third game. Um, then again, the Jays, I mean, all they have to do is weather Verlander, get him out of the game. It's going to be hard since he can yep. throw 100-plus pitches already. <laughs> um, strips is lengthened to be a starter, uh, but we saw him go for shutout. Uh, innings last time he was out he looked good yeah um, you'd love to see him gonna, go five this time <laughs> love to see him go five don't expect to see you know uh you know fully one strikeout per inning from ross stripling that's not really what he does no but he's got that good mix uh that uh and the good delivery uh man he's worked so hard. yeah he looked great against oakland he did a great yep. job then again it's oakland um although they were good Yep. It, it'll be interesting. The first game very much so interests me. Verlander is a scary. Um, Another first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, not to say Strips isn't up to the task, but it's... Based on their careers, it's definitely... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Verlander's the favorite. If this was a, a boxing match, Verlander would be yeah. heavily favored. Yeah. Um, one thing that also intrigues me quite a bit most people don't remember this right off the bat. The Battle of the Gurriels. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the be... saga continues. 
Lourdes um, versus y- L- Yuli. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Lourdes has looked good this year. Yuli is Yuli. Um, yeah. By the way, Yuli is three for four in his career against Stripling, if that means anything to you. It does, and that's concerning. But that's okay. No home runs, though. So Whatever happens in the first game, that's a tough pitching matchup to start with. Looking at the game two, I really like Manoa's chances. Mm-hmm. I think he, the way he attacked the Yankees when he pitched against them, it's just, I just... This kid is something else. Yeah. I really don't know how to, how to say it. He's got that heavy fastball, and he's just he, – the confidence is backed up by performance. Yeah. So it'll be fun to see the lefty versus righty matchup in game three. Yeah. Um, again, I wish I would known the, the Astros splits before we started talking about it, but I hadn't thought about it too much. Yeah. Um, I it's it, interest. It's very interesting. Worth um, noting that uh, Houston hasn't faced Alec Manoa yet, so they'll be going in no. just based on data and video. So yeah, they probably be... watched. I guarantee you, because the Astros are smart. Yeah, oh, yeah. The amount of tape they watched on Manoa is going to be through the roof. It's going to be in the like they watched everything he's ever done, every pitch he's ever thrown in the in the big leagues. Yeah. There. Um, and even then, they're probably still not going to be ready because Manoa is just such a force. I'm looking at numbers against Yusei Kikuchi for the Houston lineup, and it's a little scary. Like, bad? Like, Yeah, like, Jordan Alvarez has 18 at-bats. He's got a 333 average with two dingers. Bregman has a home run and a 353 average and 17 at-bats. Oh, dear. Yuli's got uh, a 263 average and 19 at-bats with a couple of dingers. Um, Martin Maldonado's three for ten against him. Nico Goodrum's three for seven. Oh boy! There's there's some big uh, batting averages against Yusei with some with some home runs that have been hit in the past. Obviously, th- these guys will know Yusei well because they pitched he pitched against them as, with Seattle for a few years. Yeah, the Noel Tuve really I think that's very crippling. It'll help. It'll hurt them for sure. Yeah, he's their leadoff guy. That's that's a lot. Uh, He means a lot to that team, and he sets the tone for the game. So, yep. I I have faith that we'll get at least five from Kikuchi. I don't know what that five will look look like, but I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. (laughs) At some point, Vladdy is going to start hitting home runs, and so is Bo. Somebody somewhere at some point is going to start going on a tear. It's inevitable with these young guys, and we haven't seen. I know we've seen five. Lighty bomb so far, but I feel like there's another gear he hasn't kicked it into yet, and Bo is certainly not in bow shape yet. So I actually think we're going to see way more runs scored than this one against the Red Sox. I think this is going to be a shootout. The third game, maybe the first game. I don't know. I'm no. I'm, I'm nervous to face Verlander. Um, we'll see if the Jays can can figure him out, but uh, yeah, he's he's definitely a living legend in the sport. What are you most nervous about? Which one? Ver, the game one. I think that's the one that the Jays <laughs> have the hardest time winning, just because of the fact that Verlander oh, yeah. has had uh, a year to condition himself coming back from Tommy John's. Yeah, yeah, and uh, just given his career, and he's no hit the Jays twice. 
um that's, that, that's a little bit nerve-wracking for me that but is. i have that some, being said i have some get, ptsd every time i see verlander on the mound against the jays if we get if we get the ross stripling that appeared in the, his last if we hey if we got four shutout innings from him hey sure we'll <laughs> i'll take that any it's day it's probably going to come down to who who relieves them which is probably going to be butters um <clears throat> yeah he's due to get some innings uh because yep. he hasn't pitched in a while he hasn't no so I'm, I'm sure we'll see him at some point in this series and i'm just looking i'm just thinking a little bit ahead here but the the jays will come back to play four games in against boston at home after this series and i believe the starters are going to be um barrios gosman stripling and manoa for that one so that should be fun um just I based think we're on gonna, this i think we're gonna whoop them yeah so that's that's fun to think about but uh be very, i've been looking forward to their, seeing their b squad right yeah, I've been looking forward to seeing Manoa, Gosman, and 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 uh, Barry, Barrios line up in a start in a rotate in the same series together. And it, it took a four gamer to get that done, but it'll be curious to see how that goes. But anyway, I I still think the Jays can take two to three in this series. I, th- I think they can get Manoa's win. The Jays have won eighteen of Alex's first twenty two big league uh, games, so he's got a pretty good percentage of the team doing well when he starts. Uh, because he doesn't give up a ton of runs, he's just elite at this point. Um, after 22 starts, I can call him that. And then that game on Sunday will depend on how Kikuchi fares. If he's the Kikuchi that we just saw in Boston, he's got a good chance to to do well. But if he's Yankee Stadium Kikuchi that we saw in his first start, well, he could be bad. But uh, we'll come back on Sunday after that game is over and recap how it went, and then we'll officially preview the Boston series as the Jays will return home for a nice little home stand against the Red Sox and the Astros. It's a broken record in the schedule right now. But uh, you can find us at BFMD Podcast on Twitter. BFMDpodcast.com is the website. Listen on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else that you get your podcasts. Send in your questions to us. We love having discussions on Twitter. I had one guy this week, Patrick, ask uh, if there are any Blue Jays players that uh, we gave a nickname to that only we use. I couldn't think of any current Jays, but I think we are the only ones who are calling Randall Gritchick Gritch Daddy. Um, and we started that like episode one of the show, basically. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't think of any current Blue Jays that we have like a specific nickname for. Uh, Ryan Barucki. We calling him Show Rocky because we thought he was going to uh, be. Yeah, I think other people were calling him that too. But Show Rocky. I think I'm pretty sure Gritch Daddy was just us. I I haven't seen that used in public. Gritch Daddy, no. Yeah. I mean, I anecdotally, I haven't had a chance to look recently. But how has Gritch been performing in Colorado? I saw him batting in the two hole. Yeah. Uh, a day or two ago, which was. I mean, it is April, so he's probably hitting 400. Uh, yeah. Let me pull those numbers up. He's but... hitting 333. Actually, he has doesn't have any home runs yet, but. Uh, yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's he's hitting for average, which is something that Randall Gritchick doesn't do. So. I mean, we wish him nothing but the best, and hopefully he has a great year in, in, in Colorado. But, yeah, he's hitting 333 right now because it's April. So, um, Jays fans in shambles then because why no. don't we have him on the team right now? Hey, Tapia's hit a home run, and Gritchick hasn't, so <laughs> Tapia better. I know. That's, uh, okay, that's the thing. is like we see players – this happens in every Toronto sports media. Whenever a player gets traded, they have, like, a couple games that are really good like very notable and everybody's yeah. like what happened well, i wish we had this player and it's like first of all 
Grich wanted to go to a place where he could play every day. Play every day. I don't and play he wasn't going to get that opportunity in Toronto, and they wanted to, you know, trade him, yep. and that's what they did. And would the team have a better record if Grit, Grich was playing mm. to cover for, for Hernandez? It Maybe. remains to be seen. Maybe, probably. I don't know. But yeah, anyway, he's doing well. Good for him. Send us any questions that you have. Um, if you think that, like me, that Havarti is a great cheese, let us know. Cause oh my God, let's talk about I'm that. On that I'm on that to... Havarti train. Uh, we can Maybe we'll talk about it on Sunday a little bit. Who knows? We'll see how the Jays do in Houston. We might be looking for a distraction after a series. But uh, anyway, we'll come back on Sunday evening after, this, after the series is over and, and recap that one and tee up Boston next week. Hopefully the Jays are at 10 wins at least. They've got to win two to three to get there. That'd be nice to see. It's a tough stretch of baseball. So far, we're enjoying it. It's been nerve-wracking, and it's only been 13 games. But uh, for Patrick out in Halifax, it's Justin here in Saskatoon. We'll see you next time.